The Democratic presidential candidates are currently split on whether or not to impeach President Trump. The progressive candidates want him impeached, while the moderates want him cursed by an old gypsy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week, President Trump tweeted more than 50 times in a 24-hour time span. But it's really no big deal since all the country's problems are fixed and everything's totally chill. I'm glad we see this on the same page. Now, this next joke has three punchlines. You be the judge. Denver may be the first U.S. city to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. Cops will soon pull people over and ask, Sir, how many god butterflies did you swim tonight? Denver may be the first U.S. city to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. In related news, the Denver Broncos have have changed their names to the Glory Love Windrunners. Denver may be the first U.S. city to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. Is that like taking an Ambien with white wine, asked Connecticut? (laughs) Mm. Last week, President Trump attacked Bernie Sanders for releasing his own tax returns. I haven't read them yet, but I'm assuming Bernie's liquid assets are just 100 cases of insure. And finally, Elizabeth Warren wants to tax the wealthy in order to eliminate student debt and make public college free. Wait. So you do want me to help someone go into college, asked Lori Lachlan? The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Trump Report. I am Christian Blatt, joined by Tamara Brown. Hi. And... <laughs> And uh, Scott, Scott, Moore. Oh, Scott Moore, Christian a big forgot. Joke on the show. No. Christian forgot your name for a second. Scott, Scott. Scott Moore. That's not the first time you've no. uh, been a part of our mirth, but maybe That's only the true. second time. Maybe third. Uh, all right, all right. And uh, not here in person. Uh, tied up downtown. Legal briefs and whatnot. Mm. Our friend Chelsea Galicia on the phone. Chelsea, say hello. Yes, hello. I'm here. Well, you're, but you're there, but you're not here, and that's a confusing thing. I know, sadly. You're literally phoning it in, Chelsea. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. I miss you guys. I will be back. Sorry, we had to do it this way this week. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of things that uh, I would like to uh, talk to you about. Uh, we'll have you we'll have you with us here at the top of the show. Um, it's it's hard not to start off with the Mueller report. And uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, nuggets to be gleaned from it, but uh, I'd say no great shiny gold rock. There's just a little little nuggets, little shavings. You know, there's no uh, sort of Damocles in there that's uh, going to uh, really do it. But what I, my biggest takeaway from the Mueller report is is that it's really hard to find good help today because all these people resigned instead of uh, doing what the president wanted him to. And just think, if he did have people who would listen to him, Tamara, he might actually be brought up on some kind of charges. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a, you know, a very loose de- definition of the term nice. I think, I think well, I, for one, am not surprised that the... Um, the, the redacted version of the Mueller report was unsatisfactory because from the Cohen testimony to all of all of the little signposts since Trump took office that we've been excited for, oh, here it is, this is going to be the thing, and yeah. it just never is. So this was, um, 
I wouldn't even say it was disappointing because I think we've learned to not expect anything at this point. Scott, were you holding out hope? Did you have a, a candle lit for the <laughs> Mueller report? Well, I I mean, I I knew it wasn't going to be as good for Trump as Barr had said it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I've read bits and pieces of it, but uh, unfortunately... Wait a minute, I thought you pre-ordered it from Amazon. I did, but it doesn't come out until next week. Oh, really? So I had to read off the the website. Wait and a minute. So why is yeah. everybody talking about it? Don't, because... don't they know how we feel about spoilers <laughs> these days? Why are they not waiting till the actual release date? I know. So it is on order, but I don't get until April 30th. But in the meantime, I've read it off of websites. NPR had posted it from, from the website. And so I've gotten a good at least handle on it, and I have restarted the impeachment clock only because I still think there's enough there. The problem is, like you were mm-hmm. saying, Tamara, if these people had actually gone ahead and done what Trump wanted them to do, then it would have been a clear-cut obstruction case. So it's very wishy-washy because it really didn't say, as they said, it didn't absolve him of obstruction, but it left it essentially up to Congress. And it also said at least they didn't directly work with Russia to help uh, Trump, but at the same time, there was a lot of communication. So it's not a good thing for him, but of course, he plays the victim, and he's a big baby, and so he puts it out there that like he's you know trying to do the narrative there. But I think, overall, it did not look as good for him as we initially thought when the, when the bar memo came out. Uh, one of the uh, things that, that is highlighted is that uh, this, uh, you know, Don McGahn uh, resigned rather mm-hmm. than fire Mueller. Now, I hear uh, some differing opinions on this, that having Mueller fired could be one of those things that doesn't look great, but not necessarily against, you know, actually illegal, uh, not necessarily grounds for impeachment. Uh, That's why we have our legal expert, Chelsea Galici, on the phone. Mm -hmm. What what would have, is it clear cut uh, as to whether or not, hey, you have to fire this guy? Does that automatically, uh, you know, is that automatically an impeachable offense? Is it against the law? What's the, uh, what, what does the law say, Chelsea? Well, the first thing they tell you in law school is that there's no such thing as anything that's clear cut. So Mm. you can ask five lawyers that and probably get five different answers. Um, There there isn't because it's, you know, it's worded in in vague terms, right? Um, High crimes and misdemeanors. Um, And then you you ask, well, what exactly does that mean? And they, they, they didn't enumerate every last scenario that that could Entail, But what I will say is that I think your interpretation of the report, calling it like there was interesting nuggets, is highly colored by the bar summary that colored the context under which you read the Mueller report. Because had we not gotten that summary, we would see the same report in totally different in a totally different way. Uh, also, let me just interject. I don't. I don't want anyone to assume that I actually read this thing. <laughs> if they put out like a like a digest Archie comics version where they explain it, you know, Jughead will talk to Archie about you know, oh, well, Moose heard this. That's the only way I'll ever actually read it. So uh, I don't want anybody to think that uh, I'm any That's smarter what I said than last week. I can't believe somebody hasn't put out a wacky Mad Libs version yet, where <laughs> right? the, the sections that that Barr had. You know, redacted, redacted out. Somebody didn't just mm-hmm. go ahead and fill those and, in with the word "but" four hundred times. And really, most of them, the, it would make sense to replace them with golden showers. But so you're saying <laughs> can I, that? Can I just want to throw in one quick thing sure. about what the what the law says? Well, the interesting thing is that if you uh, read the report, Mueller was never going to indict it. Let's just say that 
the the they had all met with Russians, not even just Russians. They had met with Putin. They had met with him during the 2016, 2016 campaign, and Trump was there. And they all knew that it was illegal because, right, that was the one thing um, that prevented Mueller from bringing anything against Don Jr. was because he said he didn't know that he was willfully breaking the law in getting information from the Russians on, on Hillary. But let's just let's just assume that they all met. Putin was there. Trump was there. Everybody met and they all knew it was wrong. According to the way Mueller did this report, he was never going to indict the president. He was going to lay out all the facts and leave it to Congress because he is operating under the assumption, and it is an assumption, it's not established law, that you can't indict a sitting president. But he was going to sort of be respectful of the idea that people have in the DOJ policy that you can't indict a sitting president. So uh, I think that's a a really big central thing for people to know mm-hmm. about this report. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really important. I'm glad yes. you pointed that out. And, and absolutely correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know Mueller did in the report is that he said that you know there's, there's a lot of stuff that's maybe not under my purview and. Here's 14 areas that I think other people should look into, 12 of which have been redacted. Uh, So, Scott, is that where the impeachment, let's say the impeachment window is a little open? Because that's 12 other things that we don't know what they are. We don't know who's investigating them. You know, you you have to wonder if, you know, out of those 12, maybe somebody's not a a partisan shill one way or the other and will actually objectively investigate it. Partisan shill, that's Christian's (laughs) drag name. It is actually, and it's uh, a great name too. Well, you know, you have to earn it. You know, uh, I had to, I had to buy it off the partisan shill in the mis- mm-hmm. Midwest because uh, we were getting double booked. But that's not really the time or place for that. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but we'll get to it next week for sure. Uh, so, is that really? I mean, there there may be plenty of other things, but is that something that you feel like is? I, I I don't want to give anybody hope, but it's like, is that the where the possibility of impeachment still lies? Is like, well, what are these other 12 investigations? And because we don't know. Well, I think the other investigations are still out there and they're going to eventually come forth. But I, I actually think what's out there that's that's not redacted is technically enough because, you know, as Chelsea was mentioning earlier, it's high crimes and misdemeanors. And really, there's no exact definition for congress to go on and 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 some people have said you know the intent was there for donald trump to obstruct and the only thing that saved him essentially was the fact that none of those people were going to do his bidding so you could technically still say his intent was to obstruct clearly he had reasons that he was frightened and you know you've heard the other rumors that he basically said that he thought he was effed and that that was the end of his presidency and all that so that's not the talk of an innocent person and if the intent was still there that's enough to say technically, hey, this is not this is not co- you know good for a president or the interests of the nation to be putting his own uh, interests before the nation, and that's enough to to do. Now, whether or not Congress wants to take it up becomes more political and murkier, especially as we were talking about a few weeks ago before you know the the bar summary even came out. You know, we're just running out of time. We're running against the clock now to the point where would it be good for the nation to go through the impeachment hearings and go right through an election at that point when now the voters are going to have a say um, if they want to keep 
him in office or not. So that's the other thing you're working against you. If it was maybe a year from earlier, then it might have been something to say, yes, let, let's go forth and, and work on it. So I think it's really going to be up to Congress and how they feel with the political timing, if they're going to get uh, enough out of that. Uh, one of the things that uh, Mueller noted was that uh, Trump cooperating in the White House, you know, being so forthcoming and, and actually, you know, actually sitting down and, and talking to them uh, it, it made it really difficult to make a case in terms of obstruction. And to me, that seems like. I don't know, some solid advice that was given at some point, which was, no, no, just uh, just give them whatever they want and we'll worry about what they find. Uh, do you do you feel... Did he sit with Mueller? I thought he answered no, he, everything no. by No, no, but he, did, writing, but he did answer and, and he could have invoked uh, privilege on everything. He didn't have to actually do that, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know. And, yeah, I think that whoever gave the advice was like, well, he, you no, you can't sit down and talk to him mm-hmm. because you're going to go off the rails. You know, this has to be a, like a prepared statement. But, uh, Chelsea, let me get your thoughts first. Do you see the White House as being cooperative to the Mueller investigation, first and foremost? Is this a trick question? <laughs> Not really, because he says that uh, they were cooperating, and it made it hard to build the case. Well, if you, but if you read the report, there are and I several places where Mueller says that because this person or that person refused to answer questions, that they were limited in their investigation. And I'm really surprised that they kind of just stopped there. Um, it seems that they tried, and then if they got too much resistance, kind of just gave up and said, we couldn't investigate any further. So, in fact, the, there is a lot more to even the collusion discussion. I feel like a lot of people have written it off, and it's so clear that there was no collusion, but maybe there's obstruction. Well, actually, the no obstruction thing is not so clear. Um, in fact, it's pretty clear that there was intended Mm -hmm. collusion of some kind the only problem is in proving it because you have to prove for that kind of crime a mens rea or a a a mind frame that decided to break the law and essentially a reasonable interpretation is that people like don jr were too stupid or ignorant or uninformed or whatever is the right word to I, use. I don't even think it's ignorant. I think guilty. It's, it's that family doesn't have the, not even moral gauge, but like they, things, th- that that family doesn't see things in terms of legal and illegal. They see things in terms of things that help us and benefit us are right and good and legal and things that are, are hurt us and um, hurt our name and hurt our brand are illegal and bad for us so like i don't i don't think that family has the proper gauge to understand what is legal and illegal but 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 what they understand and what they know and what morally guides them is really not of our concern i mean most of us you know break a silly law i once got i don't know if you can call it pulled over but um i got a ticket um for being on a bicycle with somebody else um, like it was like a Fourth of July thing, we're rolling around through Newport. That didn't used to be against the law, and then one day, all of a sudden, it was. Um, and we got a ticket for it, and we couldn't plead, you know, ignorance of the law. That's not allowed for you and me. So I don't understand why it's allowed yeah. for a presidential candidate and his team. 
Well, that's why President Trump and uh, Mike Pence always travel on a bicycle built for two, because it's actually designed that way, so they don't have to worry about getting that ticket. I don't think Mike Pence would agree to that, either being in front or behind. Either way, it would make him uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Uh, so uh, one of the other uh, one of the other things that uh, the the big takeaway was this reaction that President Trump had uh, that I think. We're trying to keep things clean around here these days. Was when he heard that Mueller was appointed, he said, "I'm effed," and uh, ultimately, I guess not. Uh, but uh, I wonder, uh, Tamara, your th- your thoughts first. Wh- I mean, what do you think that was a reaction to? Was uh, do you think it was this guy is so unfair? He's going to make up some things that I and I didn't do anything. Uh, no. I oh, think, no, not that? Oh, that's surprising. <laughs> I think that, you know, God, that's hard to say because you're asking me to, like, <laughs> understand uh, Trump's psychology. And, and I have I have no idea what he could have meant. I, I do think he thought that that was that he screwed. But I but I, I don't even think he put that much thought into it to know to to mean I'm clearly innocent. They're gonna tr- they're gonna come up with something to yeah. lambast me. I don't I don't think he's. It's know, it's very a difficult. Question it's very to difficult answer. to talk about trumped up charges around a guy whose name is Trump. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very very hard term. Yeah, to you not noticed use. how I was trying yeah, to avoid no, using no, that I, word. I, but <laughs> it, you know it, it's uh, it, it's very aptly named. Uh, Scott, do you think? That what he fears that he was going to be effed over mm-hmm. uh, is is that keeping the impeachment clock uh, tick tick ticking like the opening well, of sixty minutes? I mean, as as we talked about from day one, he knows he's not clean. He knows the dealings he's worked with, going back to with Michael Cohen, not even just with you know Deutsche Bank and and his tax returns is why he doesn't re- want to release them, and and you know what they were doing with Russia to. All the other things that he's dealt with in his career, he knows he's not clean. He also knows he's not innocent because if an innocent person really was, they'd sit back and they'd let the investigation go on because they know they have nothing to hide and they'd be great. It's done, you know, and they would support it. And uh, so for the fact that he doesn't know that he's not innocent, knows that he's not clean, and the fact that he has to keep going on about it even though he says it should be done with now and moving on, he's the one that keeps bringing it up and tweeting multiple times a day about it. So again, he still can't get over it. I don't think he fully understands what the word collusion means. Well, he doesn't understand what a lot of things mean because basically, what is he at a third grade level when it comes to reading and and speaking? So he doesn't understand a lot of those things, but he feels if he, which rightfully so, if he continues to harp on the same thing over and over and over again, it does start to sow doubt in people. Even when you're completely lying, if you say it enough times, it does sow doubt. And, And they do this brilliant plan where, like Barr comes out with this summary, and it sets the tone for, like Chelsea was saying earlier, to when the report actually does come out and doesn't look as good, you've already had a couple weeks to almost a month, basically, lead time of being able to say, look, it's fine, and my attorney general says it's fine, there's nothing nothing to see here, folks, and now you've already set that, and you keep harping on it every day, it makes people start to, to have doubts, and if they support this person, and 25% of people will no matter what, um, then they go on to say, yeah, you know, he's absolutely right, and all these people are, are, are trying to take him down, the deep state's taking him down, and it just feeds into that narrative um, that he's, he's set, which is not healthy for democracy in general, and that's also why you don't see Democrats jumping out, of course, not even just the closeness of an election, but to want to do impeachment where maybe back in Nixon's time it would have been a no-brainer that you would have been 
you would have started uh, this. Even 20 years ago, you would have said, great, when, when Bill Clinton was impeached, you, this would have definitely been something that, that the Republicans with the tables turned would have been you know, doing right away. So um, it definitely has changed the narrative, and he has changed that just by continuing to you know, spew these lies every day and just hammer it down every day to just kind of sow doubt in people. The way that he says, like, no president should ever be treated this Mm -hmm. way. It's like, if you love America and you are such a strong patriot, you should feel that every president should be put under such scrutiny. I mean, every every single elected official in this great, amazing, tremendous country of (laughs) ours uh, should be under that sort of scrutiny because that's what Keeps the country strong. Right, and they should be set to a higher standard, not the other way. Going back to what Chelsea said, they should be setting the example so when they do anything that looks bad, that they are held to a higher standard than you would even a usual you know, everyday citizen because you're representing the country. You have a lot of power. You have a lot of things that you deal with. You should be the one setting the example, not the other way around to where you get away with whatever you want because you think you can because you're a president. You know, Scott, I've known you for uh, about almost three years now, and I'm just starting to get the feeling that you don't much care for Donald Trump. (laughs) You said the thing about a third grade level. I'm like, wait a minute. Does he not like this guy? (laughs) Just don't on me now. I'm sorry. That's that's, I know uh, know it's shocking, but. (sighs) All right. Fair enough. But uh, we'll we'll press on. Uh, Chelsea, uh, one of the things that, you know, I read in something that someone who had read it wrote, I didn't, again, you know, this was again Jughead, uh, <laughs> that this uh, this idea that the uh, Jeff Sessions uh, resigned uh, or attempted to resign much sooner than he actually did, and Trump wanted to kind of hold on to the resignation, and he was uh, going to kind of hold it over his head, and uh, Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon were both like, look, we know bad ideas. That's actually a really bad idea. You need to you need to actually give it back to him. And then, of course, as soon as the midterms elections happened, that's when he fired Jeff Sessions. And again, you think what you want about Jeff Jeff Sessions? That actual resignation letter is one of the best ever. <laughs> the as per your request, I'm resigning. Uh, but anyway, uh, and uh, forgive me if that's not an area of this that you're familiar with. But uh, do I'm not. you okay? But uh, just in, in theory. Uh, can you see any problems from having an attorney general that you're just hanging on to his resignation letters? Like, oh, I, I, no, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to I'm going to use this mm-hmm. when it's my own moment. You know, when it's the right moment. Yeah. An, an attorney general is not a political pawn mm-hmm. or a, a you know a, a tool of the president. Mm. The attorney general is the president of the people of the United States of America, and this kind of is a good point to have us all pull back and a little bit get out of the weeds. And I think this would be an amazing opportunity if Democrats wanted to, to reclaim to be the party of the Constitution, which most conservatives try to say that they are and they like to follow the letter of the law, you know, go back to the Constitution and which says that there are three equal branches of government and that the uh, Congress is charged with oversight of the executive branch. And if we start from there, then we might get somewhere instead of being worried about all the noise about, well, should we really hold the president accountable this close to an election? Then that just makes it seem like it's all about politics. If we can cut through that noise and just actually go back to the Constitution and give us all a refresher. I mean, I know that we're all still nose deep in the Mueller report, but right after that, then we should go back to the Constitution and and back to the laws 
so that we can just get right right to the heart of the matter. Should we continue investigation? Yes. Should the, that investigation lead to impeachment? It's looking like yes. And is Jeff Sessions have anything to do with it? The way that he was used and manipulated and um, the rest, that's probably part of the equation. So, I agree with yeah, you. I do too. But small I, but important part, and we mm-hmm. should keep going. I agree with you 100%, but also I'm imagining if Nancy Pelosi did say those exact words that we need to go back to, you know, follow the law of the Constitution, I could just imagine that would be the the farthest left are more evidence to be see she's 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 moving further right she's too moderate no i i i agree with chelsea but i i would say unfortunately politics does play into this because of how close it is and because we know just like anyone else that's in politics they don't have a spine and they're just thinking about their next vote and that they're concerned that donald trump as dirty as he is and as desperate as he is to hang on to cling to power now even more so knowing that when he gets out of office he loses that immunity that he's going to do every dirty trick he can to hold on to it that democrats are afraid he's going to do exactly what he's been doing and 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 barrel you know hammer everybody every single day on this to where the threat is that that democrats are afraid they're going to lose and i agree with you i think they should initiate impeachment i'm just saying on a political side i i'm i'm afraid that they will not because of that reason I mean, I think that the practicality... Oh, sorry, I'll I'll get to you in a second, Chelsea. Sorry about that. Uh, But I think the practicality of it is, as we've said for weeks, is you can can do whatever you want in the House. You can can say that you want to Mm -hmm. impeach him, and it doesn't matter. And I think that uh, Nancy Pelosi just knows, like... You got you. You need more than any of this if you're going to try that. You'd have to convince. I don't know. Realistically, fourteen, 14. Republicans in the Senate, yeah. and that might as well be fourteen hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's because it's like sure, you could definitely convince a few of them. I I, I legitimately mm-hmm. feel that. You know, I, I think. But what uh, about the principles of 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 protecting the Constitution that you swore to uphold? Yeah, that's why you would, that's that's, why, you would get, that's yeah. why you would get Rand Paul. You that's know, you'd the get argument, a strict constitutionalist. That's the argument I hear every lawyer make is that there's, they're like, okay, so should we not try a um, should we not try a, a thief because we think that the jury's not going to convict him? Like, just not even go through the process. I mean, if you want to save the money on legal fees that for whatever jurisdiction it is, yes, absolutely. If you know that you're not going to win, you might as well save the money. Uh, but what but I you, what go ahead, Chelsea. But you don't know that you're not going to win. That's oh. the thing. And when we hold prosecutors to the standard of only bring charges in cases where you are 100 percent sure that you can get a conviction, then we are going to have even more uh, rampant crime. That's that's not the standard. You you must you know know you can get a 100 percent conviction. There are standards, and the more that we relax those, because you know the. We're in the day of Trump where, you know, norms, rules and laws are relaxed. This is not a good precedent. Um, we need to go sort of back to the Constitution and back to the basics and cut through the noise. And now let me just clarify that I'm not 100 percent sure that we should, like Elizabeth Warren is um, advocating, pursue impeachment right away. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bernie Sanders approach, which is to continue the investigations, and if that leads us to impeachment, then fine, we'll, we'll go that way. Um, but I think that we can have a Congress that, you know, hopefully walks and chews gum at the same time. They are upholding their responsibility to serve as oversight and accountability while also still talking about the issues that Americans care about. 
Yeah, uh, all that sounds cat memes. Uh, sounds yes, thank you. Cat memes. I think that mm. uh, I think even Trump would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's liked a lot of cat memes. Uh, I would say that there's you know the the Bernie approach is the right one. Yeah, keep looking into it. Absolutely. But uh, you know this the, the oh yeah we got to start it now. You, you don't have anything now. I mean, now you certainly wouldn't win because you don't actually have the grounds for it. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who has seen the unredacted Mueller report uh, aside from Bob Mueller in his office. They would have a better idea what's in there. Go ahead, Tamara. Polls show. I heard the other day that polls polls show that both Republicans and Democrats want to move on from the issue of collusion now that the now that what we have of the report is out. Yeah, and I mean, I think, look, I think he's got a tremendous chance to get reelected anyway, but I think if there's an ongoing witch hunt, yes, he throws the phrase around, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, if he's able to point, like, look at this ongoing witch hunt, they don't want me, your favorite president, which he also says a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, it it, it won't even be close, there's there's like no chance, if if there's an ongoing investigation of him that people feel like is... Yes, I'm going to use the term now. Trumped up. Uh, I, I think that you're going to motivate people who who just usually don't give a shit about any of this, you know. And they're just the like. The unfortunate thing is that this election is probably not going to be up to the Americans. What the Mueller report tells us is just how intense of an effort the Russians put yeah. forth mm-hmm. in, in in persuading our our elections. I, I don't even think the word persuading is the right word. Impact. There's not a strong enough word. Um, and so the idea is that enough people are going to be sick of this um, report or impeachment proceedings or any of that, and that Americans are going to be making the decision about who our next president is going to be or if we're going to retain the, the, the current one, that's, like, not up to us. <laughs> We've been essentially, you know, taken over. Our democracy is broken. I don't feel like any or very many of us are paying enough attention to that and people are hoping that you know oh this election you know we'll we'll vote him out um how can we think that we're going to do that if those efforts put forth in the last campaign were successful you don't think they're going to be re-energized to do it again go even harder mm-hmm. well i think we that if, if, if you're not running if you're not running candidates at at a, at a razor thin margin which you know every indication you know leading up to uh, election day that was the case if you have someone that you know it, it's like almost tamper proof look every poll we see is plus plus minus four percent so you need you need a vote total that's plus or minus four percent and i don't think we're going to get that you know i i think that if, if you can't win by that big of a margin in the states that matter uh i i i, I do agree with you that uh i i think that it's not tamper proof like i don't even know if it's like all right well, we're not going to do anything electronic because that's so easy to tamper but I, I also it's like well, you know, I mean, ask Al Franken about the the uh, trunk load of uh, votes that magically appeared, you know, when he became senator in, in uh, I almost said Massachusetts, Minnesota. So there's always a way, there's always, someone can always, uh, someone can always tamper with anything. But it's the same thing. It's like, well, you still have to try. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Chelsea? Well, it's, and voting, yes, is important. And we should be, you know, doing paper ballots until we figure out sure. what's, uh, what's safe. But I'm also talking about social media mm-hmm. that was used as the weapon of choice to, we shall say, misinform uh, enough Americans um, 
you know, and it's a, the same thing that happened with Brexit. I mean, this is like a worldwide campaign against democracy. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing that we have to do is run a campaign for democracy, get democracy back in, and then we can worry about the election. It's it's almost hard for me to conceive of taking the next election um, seriously or thinking really that we can have a free and fair election. Our election system is broken. Our democracy is badly, badly bruised and damaged, and we haven't helped it heal, nor have we put any safeguards in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. And we know that the adversaries have the same resources and have the same abilities to use social media to influence people. Nothing is different now than it was in 2016. And yes, part of that is Obama's fault. He knew about it, didn't do anything about it, but there was, I know McConnell pressured him not to do anything Mm -hmm. about it at the time. So, you know, it's not fair to point fingers at any one person, but this administration is the one in charge right now. And I don't um, think that even Republicans can uh, ignore how much of a breach of democracy. And I know that Republicans like to say, we're, we're, we're not a democracy, we're a republic, you know, but d- democracy is a big part of our republic where we care, hopefully, about our elections uh, being determined by the will of the American people. And so what are, what are we doing about that? I mean, should we just shut down, you know, Facebook to any political anything? I mean, I, I don't know. Of course, that would be um, pretty out there. But I, I'm not hearing any suggestions about what to do. Well, Enough of this, whether should we impeach or not. I mean, what should we do to reclaim our democracy? That is the question. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, g- kind of going to both of your points, that you know, I was reading a lot of op-eds over the weekend about Trump and how they, they were saying Democrats really should move to impeach him because otherwise they have no one to blame but themselves because, as you said, it deteriorates the power of the presidency and future presidents will now be able to take that and be able to say, well, I can do what I want to. And then the second part is I agree with you, and that was one thing I was going to bring up today too, is that where's the talk from both sides, and this is including Democrats as well, to be able to say – well, we also know that there was definitely meddling going on by Russia and the use of social media, and Democrats should be in the forefront here to say we need to do something to make sure that our voting is, is safeguarded, um, because unfortunately we know the Republicans will not because they're benefiting from this. Uh, and of course Trump will not because he's benefiting from it. So I actually think the situation, if left unchecked, will be worse than 2016 because now the people in power are the ones that are going to be overseeing it, and, and it goes to their benefit. So unfortunately, like you said, I don't feel that um, it's going to be any better now because anything the Democrats will attempt to try to do in the House will never make it through the Senate or be signed by a president who's directly benefiting from the situation. And it is sad, and it's also very scary because then you do wonder, are the votes actually accurate, especially when you think about the three states where he won by just a handful of votes, less than 80,000? Um, because on one hand, you feel optimistic that if the economy dips, which it already seems like it's starting to, and people continue to have this cloud that's hanging over him, that it would be easy for him to lose handily. But then on the other side, if you see that meddling has been happening and people are manipulated, that it would be very easy to see him uh, eke out another uh, uh, victory um, as incumbents already have a built-in advantage. So it is scary and sad, and I'd love to hear Democrats actually talk more directly and openly about what they want to do to be able to solve the, the direct meddling by Russia and to make sure that we feel that we're, we're being safe with our voting and that it's a, a safe thing for people to be doing. Uh, in terms of uh, the ever-widening field of uh, people who want to be president uh, next time around, uh, 
Uh, the uh, I almost called them the failing CNN, but I remember now they're fake news CNN. Had uh, did they have four town halls last night? Let's not perpetuate that. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know when they start uh, when they start reporting real news like TMZ, I'll start calling them just plain old CNN. And if the New York Times stops failing, I can just call them the because New York it's Times. words like this. Every time people throw the the way people throw around fake news now is like a punchline. It's it's really it's not helping. It's it's just muddling what is. Clear and unclear information and news sources and things like that. I just, I, I would just like us for, for us to not join in in that muddling. Well, we can agree to disagree on that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I'm someone who's a customer of the uh, the Washington Post Amazon Corporation, and I know you're not. So look, we just look at the world in, uh, in different ways. Uh, Chelsea, I, I feel like if I had to guess, if you only watched one of them, I have a feeling that I know which one you watched. Did you watch Bernie's Town Hall, and did you watch any of the others? Um, you're going to be shocked, and I'm even shocked by this because I was all excited to watch like all of them. That I, I missed them all. Well, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I saw Klobachers. How? What did you think of it? I had never really seen her speak before. Not even in the snow. What? <laughs> when she announced it was snowing on her, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it was just it was it was a blizzard when she made her announcement. Um, I had never really seen her. Uh, I guess I, I, I did. I really liked her at the at the Kavanaugh trial and what how she presented there. But I guess because that was more of a um, an intense um, you know a trial um, to see her sort of speak. I, I really liked everything that she had to say, but she. If Hillary couldn't win, she's she's not going to either. She doesn't have any sort of Warmth? stage presence, any sort of yeah. She's very well, the connection. Yeah. Is, I mean, yeah. and supposedly yeah, there's you not there's not a lot of chutzpah there. And I, I think that uh, uh, let's let's please not say that this is going to be an election about personality again. Oh, it is. Well, I don't know what but, you, but, I don't know what you think it's going to be. But, I mean, look. Wait, hang on a second. Look at our look at our last several uh, presidential elections and look at the look at the person who lost. It's a person with less personality. You know, well, John Kerry, John McCain. You go far far enough back, Bob Dole. You know, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> Al Gore, that's a toss up. But, uh, you know, uh, I think I, I think we're in the age of, you know, of Roger Stone, uh, you know, the people, the celebrity that's that has the charm and the ability to connect with people. And she she, she doesn't have it. Well, uh, I, Roger Stone, by the way, he'll be appearing at a uh, at a strip club yes. over the weekend. So uh, make sure you uh, look for that there to help his legal defense fund. What were you going to say, Scott? No, I was going to say, sadly, I missed it too because I meant to record it, but I was flying back. I feel like flying I'm on back. A, by the way, on American um, Idol by saying she just she. I'm sorry, she doesn't have it. Well, no, I mean, it, no, it just doesn't it do just, it for me. But but it is true though, and it, and it's sad to say, but it goes all the way back to the television era when you when you go back to Eisenhower and Adlai Stevenson, uh, even before Kennedy Nixon, which clearly Kennedy won. Because he had more personality than Nixon did, going back to sixty. But even going back to Eisenhower, he was definitely the better speaker and brought more, you know, connection to voters than Adlai Stevenson. Um, so th- this goes back half a century to before until you had radio, and then it was different. So unfortunately, it does come down to who are the voters going to connect to, who's going to deliver the message the best, and even if they don't deliver it. Perfectly, if they can connect with the voter and they have that warmth, that's why Bill Clinton won in '92 against George H. W. Bush and Russ Perot. Uh, but that's why candidates do win. The one that has the more charm that 
that voters feel they can connect to and relate to is going to win. And, and that's why, you know, unfortunately why Trump won. We too. only have a few minutes, but the interesting footnote, of course, to that uh, Kennedy-Nixon debate is that people who heard it on the radio were like, oh, well, clearly right. Nixon, Nixon won. Exactly. But then it's like people who had this, this magic box. Mm-hmm. And like, well, look at John Kennedy, the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's from that point. I mean, God, how awful was uh, McGovern that, <laughs> you know, exactly. that, that Nixon was like, well, no, no, no. Dick Nixon is way better. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's, that's where we are. And I think it's great that all these candidates got to do, you know, full hour long town halls mm-hmm. because you look when you do the uh, as fun as it can be to report on and cover and write jokes about the like 14 person debates. What do you really get out of them? You know, I mean, especially last cycle when they were completely dominated by President now President Trump. Uh, so I think it's great that they're doing them. I think it's going to have people take a, a stronger look mm-hmm. at you know all the, all these candidates. But yeah, I just don't. Uh, and again, I didn't see any of them. I I was hoping that. Uh, well, I'm glad, Tamara. Thank you for watching at least mm-hmm. one. Good for you because uh, I could I be bothered? Yes, but I just I just uh, I literally slept from like eight o'clock until three in the morning on my couch and I was like, well, what happened? Well, I have a good excuse. I was actually flying back and I forgot uh, to. Record. Oh, there wasn't a there's no, <laughs> no TV there on the plane. No, there was plane? not. All right, that's fine. I figured no, there wasn't. I was uh, not fancy that first class. Been, that actually would have been perfect. Like <laughs> you're stuck been. in the in, <laughs> in, in the plane. Uh, in any case, uh, I think that uh, it's good that they're they're getting this. Uh, this exposure, but also this opportunity, and I don't know how many people tune into all of them. I mean, look at look at me. I I didn't. Mm-hmm. Scott didn't. Chelsea, shame on you. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, uh, I but I, uh, I'm, 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 I've got lots of guilt. That's all right. Well, and part of the reason is that these are kind of like I didn't. I watched the Klobacher one accidentally. I happened to turn on. Uh, seriously, <laughs> I just laughed. I, 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 I feel I like didn't that might know. be most people who watched I, any of them. Exactly. That's a hundred percent what I'm Sad. saying. They yeah. don't brought like these. These haven't been like um, we, we. I don't know. Like we haven't really heard that these are coming up and any sort of excitement around them at all. So I just happened the, to turn to CNN while I was getting ready yeah, for something and it the, was on. The only way that I knew that they were coming is that, you know, CNN always does that countdown clock to whatever their their big programming is. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. It was like, I don't know, it was yesterday that I saw it. It, it was on at the gym. You can tell because I'm so swole that obviously I spent all the time at the gym. But uh, And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I should check one of those out. And uh, I... I'm disappointed in myself just a little bit, but not disappointed in any of you. But let us know in the comments if you're watching the archive version, if you watch them, whom you were impressed by. And uh, there'll be plenty of time to uh, talk about uh, the uh, 2020 hopefuls, except for someone named Seth Moulton who's allegedly running for president. I don't have time for it. There's already too many. I'm sorry. The dance, the bingo card is full. I've lost track There's now. no room for everyone else. Uh, but uh, it, 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 quick question, and we have to wrap up. Uh, Scott, if you were to pick one of them, if they were all like on demand, which one would you be most excited to watch? Well, I like Mayor Pete right now. That's like my Ma- that's my shiny candidate at the moment. I, yeah. I would like Mayor Pete to have done his town hall in all the seven or eight languages he speeches. Yeah. He, he speaks. Sorry, yeah. you know, each <laughs> Christian does not. Eight, I, I don't even speak one. So uh, yeah, that was but, good. I know. I was like, yeah. hey, there you go. You so the case one. in point. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, Chelsea, thanks for uh, sticking with us, and we hope that uh, we see you here in studio next week when we'll have so much more to talk about. People can find Chelsea online at Chelsea Galicia. You can find me at Christian DMZ. And don't forget, this show is at Trump Report ABTV. That's Twitter only. No Instagram for this show. Mm -hmm. One day, maybe. Mm -hmm. Tara, where can people find you? 
Hey Tamara underscore on Twitter. Hey Tamara, every other social media platform. And hey Scott, where do people yes, find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at sman80. That's sman80. Probably calling Trump an orange clown and McConnell a hypocritical turtle. You might want to mix it up one day. And, one day. And call, but you know, call, no, but clown, call, call Trump. Turtle. Yeah, yeah, call Trump the turtle and just yeah. see what happens. I keep with the nicknames yeah. like, like Trump. Just keep. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, <laughs> who joined us in the chat, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 